0: That's what I'm talking about, son. Get you some of that go pie. Woo-hoo! you there! There's your bug-eyed big one right there. Getting started. We're getting started. Here's what I'm talking
1: about. God dang gorilla! Let's go, baby. Straight meat. God, look at that big. Welcome into the show tonight everybody. This is the Pod. I'm your host Big Ed and I'm here to just tell you right now we got a good show. Went out and got us Ish Monroe. He's going to come in and we're going to talk a lot about wintertime fishing, how to fish confidently. And I'll tell you what, this guy is out there doing it. You know, he's fishing the West Coast now as the Apex. He's fishing the MLF Pro. He is just out there kicking some butt. So guys, come on in, sit down. Strap it on, because here comes the BAM pod, Big Ed Ishman Rowe. Let's get it started. All right, guys, welcome into the BAM pod. I'm Big Ed, your host. And on the line tonight, I've got a heck of an angler, grew up here in California, loves you know, loves all the weather we have here, loves the way we fish out here, and uh, goes back east, fishes the MLF Bass Pro Tour, uh, and he is none other than Ishman Rowe. Ish, welcome into the show tonight. Thanks for having me. Hey, no, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day and and giving us the the lowdown. We've, uh, we talked a little earlier and we're talking about some of the things that we, uh, you know, wintertime is that it it can be pretty tough. Uh, The California, you know, we actually have a little bit of a benefit in the fact that most of our fish, one, will still bite and two, uh, you know, are niced over. So that's always good. And, uh, so
0: yeah, no, ice.
1: <laughs> we, we wanted to talk to, you know, come in and talk to you a little bit about how, uh, you approach some of the winter time and what are your favorite techniques. And, um, you know, you let in when I, when I first asked him, you know, he, he let in with uh, tuna fishing. So I'm guessing that he's not exactly the friend of the big ice and the cold weather. So we're going to go with uh, the tea. <laughs> he's still out here on the West coast fishing, but, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about some of your favorite techniques here, and uh, and and see what it is that you like to do well, when it does get these colder weather.
0: Well, the float and fly is great because it catches suspended fish. I mean, um, it really very effective on spotted bass and spotted bass fisheries. I mean, I live near the Motherload Lake, so you know I've got McClure, Maloney's, Don Pedro, uh, Comanche, like all those lakes are right there near me. And, you know, if I'm going to go fish in the wintertime, I'm going to go chase fish at those places because it's really easy to catch fish. I mean, if you got to go out there and brave in the cold, you might as well catch some fish while you're at it.
1: Yeah. Um, You know, one of the things I always think about when I see that floating flies, you know, you got that little bitty bait, you've got, you know, this long rod, you got, you know, light line. is this still a big fish tactic technique for this time of year?
0: Well, you know, my team partner actually fished with one of the guys who was kind of the pioneers of it, Ryan Friend. He actually fished with him in a tournament, and Ryan caught an eight pounder in that mm-hmm. tournament on the floating fly.
1: Hmm. So, so I'm guessing that you're 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 t- probably targeting the numbers you're probably targeting uh, i guess good limits but you're saying yeah you can still catch really good fish with it and is there any special i mean is there what's the tr- what's the tricks and techniques because i you know i know a lot of people that go out and just you know barely get bit on it or barely you know can't hardly catch it what's the what's the big secrets there to, to really getting you know catching it, fish on it's that
0: really day? not a secret it's just you know, and it's really hard to explain, but it's the rigging, the right rigging, you know, having okay. the right line, having the right fly, having the right bobber, having, you know, the simple as even having the right uh bobber stop or the bobber tie that you have with it having the right one there i mean there's so many different aspects of it that come into play that if you don't have any of those right you're not going to catch them and then detecting the strikes i mean it took me a few times of learning how these fish bite because you know we're so used to crappie fishing and bluegill fishing with a bobber and once again that bobber goes under you set the hook but it's kind of different than that and that bobber moves that's a bite you know when you didn't make that bobber move um and then the real set you know is is each individual bites a different set and it's just really hard to explain and it's something that people have to go out there and kind of learn for themselves I to, I get so many guys who are like hey man can you teach me how to do that show me how to do it and or can you explain how to do it and I'm like oh, you really can't explain it you just got to kind of go do it
1: what's your overall setup for what have you found as far as rod reel that sort of thing that really works well
0: well I mean I'm using a Tatula Elite 3000 uh, spinning reel. I'm using a Tatula Elite 7-6 uh, Seth Fighter hair jig rod, which is a long rod, fast act extra fast action, but it's a light action rod. I'm throwing 20 pound uh, Daiwa um, J Floral Grand in the chartreuse color, so I can see the strikes, and I team that up with a 7 pound uh, Dam- uh, Daiwa Samurai Top um, Shot. Okay. and a fluorocarbon and you know the bobbers the fill bobber but once again having the right size bobber tie which you know phil makes a great one that comes with the bobber but that's only one that you need so you have to buy more the right <laughs> bead for it to stop the bead and then the flies man i've i've experienced you know the spro fly all the way up to hand custom tied ones by mm-hmm. you know some guys that are here local uh near me mm-hmm
1: and it just mattered you just kind of the, the the day, the the water, whatever it is. Uh what's the what is the best speed of water? What is the best water temperatures that you really find for you know fishing that floating? Oh, the
0: colder, the colder the better, and the clearer the better.
1: Okay, so it's you so get a button really clear. With
0: Fishing's really tough. Yeah, and when fishing is really tough, that, that float and fly seems to excel.
1: <clears throat> but you like it cold the coldest, like so. Basically, when you start seeing your lake's bottom out at that. 42 45 44 that's
0: when it's yeah time in the 40s in, in the forty anything in the 40s <sighs> is great but they start eating you know at the low 50s of 52 53 you know you can catch them on it
1: okay when you start to see those temperatures like that in the lakes besides the floating flies, is there any other baits that really pop out to you to stand out and say hey this is what you need to start throwing this time of year and really make those fish bite that you know in the winter time
0: well, I mean, you can always catch fish on an A rig. You can always catch fish on a jig. And I'm, you know, you can catch fish on a drop shot and a shaky head, but I'm not going to go do that.
1: No, that's
0: No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: what's your, well, what's your power fishing? I mean, uh, you know, during the wintertime? Is it the A rig mostly? It's the A
0: rig. It's pretty much the A rig. Yeah.
1: Okay. That, I mean, there's no, I, 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 do it myself. It's, it's one of those things that I just, I love catching. caught my biggest fish ever on it. It's, it's uh it's a fun technique. Um, do you find any, is there any one specific a rig that you really like better than the others that makes a lot of more, a lot more, you know, catches you more fish? Well,
0: the angler's King, which is available at Fisherman's Warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have their custom one that, I mean, it seems to work really well for me. I mean, um, the last, gear i've been throwing that one and it's been a really good one and i'm uh, teaming it up with a rig walker from river to sea whether i'm fishing you know the smaller one when i'm fishing where the spotted bass and the smallmouth are or the larger one when i'm going to clear lake
1: okay yeah i just run it and in- Basic setup, three on the bottom, two on the top, one, you know, teasers and three hooks, right? So two,
0: two, two teasers, yeah, the two teasers and the three hooks, and, you know, they're pre-rigged with hooks in them, so, on the rig walker, so that works out great, and then my teasers are usually missile bait shockwaves.
1: Okay. Um, now, you know, you're, you tour across the country, uh, you've got, where's your first one? I know you got one coming up soon, you said.
0: Uh, Lake Darbone in West Monroe, Louisiana. Okay. Wow. well they
1: should get to go down where it's warm um yeah we hope <laughs> we hope because if it's because if it's cold then fish ain't gonna bite yeah um so you know kind of break down a little bit about you know what you are all over because you're all over the place with this you know w- with this tour um you guys have some you know really interesting ways you, you, you go about it compared to that but between west coast And the rest of, you know, how you're doing it. What do you see? How many, how many different techniques, you know, you out there that you really put together from here and bring out there to the West or bring it out to the other parts of the country? How much of the Western stuff do you really bring out there? Or is it just like, just, you know, what this difference?
0: It's not even really different. It's, 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 once again, I fish the same stuff there that I do here. You know, I love to flip. I love to punch. I love throwing a frog and I love either throwing a square bill or spinner bait and you can do it in both places. You know, you can mix the float and fly in on a few lakes like Smith Lake or Lake Lanier and things like that. But other than that, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much the same
1: stuff I'm doing on the Delta and clear. Lake. I'm trying to do back East. It seems to be working. You seem to be pretty successful out there. So I'm guessing that that's, uh, <laughs> that's always good for, uh, for this. Out here, you know, now out here, we've got a couple more, you know, we got about another month and things are going to start really changing and shaking up uh, the end of February into March. Um, when do you really think that you're, you know, it starts out here as far as like you got the delta, uh, Clear Lake, uh, these these largemouth. You talked about some of the spot lakes. You talked about some of that. When do these these the grass fisheries, the the deltas, the clear lake When do they start kicking off to where you're, you know, you're throwing some of the more reaction bait. You're looking for that pre spawn. You know, you're 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 doing that. When do you start targeting that sort of thing?
0: Well, I mean, clear lake right now, you you catch them on a reaction base. I mean, you catch them on an A rig. You catch them on a tactical crank from river to sea. I mean, it's it's a really good bite right now on there, like with those baits. So the reaction baits are there, the Delta, you know, you can go jerk bait fish and you can reaction bait fish 12 months out of the year. It's just choosing to change your presentation, which is basically pretty much slowing your presentation down mm-hmm. that, you know, makes it work.
1: As far as, you know, I know that you're not a, you're not one to pick up the shaky head. You're not, you know, and, and you know, you you go up the Shasta um you know because i've seen you know you're fishing up there with some of the wild west stuff and i don't know if you're fishing it this year if you did last year yeah yep i am okay uh so do you still just totally stay away from the from the the finesse stuff or when you're in those kind of waters are you um focusing on you know what i'm just going to throw reaction and if it works it works and if it doesn't then i'm going to be towards the bottom
0: Well, I fish to win and, and reaction is the way to fish to win pretty much the majority of the time when you're fishing for Mm -hmm. those bigger spotted bass. I mean, you can go out there and throw a worm and get, you know, 30 bites a day, or you can go out there and throw a jerk bait or throw a, you know, an a rig and get six or seven bites a day or or some kind of swim bait. So,
1: but they're quality fish. Yeah. I
0: mean, I, they're but they're going to be quality. I mean, I'm fishing to win.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, we've got this tour we got this new tour out here, the Apex tour. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Um,
0: I'm actually fishing the Apex.
1: You are? I did yeah, not know qualified, I did qualified, not... Qualified, qualified qualified qualified
0: qualified through fishing Wild West last year.
1: Nice. Um what do you think about that, uh, you know, as compared to some of the other, you know, the tours? I mean, you are you have been fishing everything I've ever seen out here. You've fished it, one bass, uh, everything. Now you go across the country, you've fished Bassmaster, you've fished. What do you think about the whole Apex Tour and how it's going to affect the West Coast? I think the Apex Tour is great.
0: I mean, it's, it's something for the Western guys. It's a level um, of, it's a top level of trying to, you know, achieve getting to, you know, the Bass Pro Tour or hitting the fish the Bass Elites. I mean, it's the closest thing that <clears throat> guys out west are going to have to doing that. And so I really do like it. I, I like the format and I love the no information. I love the showing up to the lake with no practice and going fishing because that's the way I love to fish anyways.
1: Is it something you think can morph into being competitive with Bassmaster and or MLF?
0: I think from a regional standpoint, yes. Um, but you need that national exposure, television exposure, and you know you need the big money to get there. And I don't know if the, the Western guys are ready to pony up that kind of money to, to do that.
1: Right. Um, I think that's pretty much what it comes down to a lot of times is the amount of money that people are willing to put up to actually <clears> – <throat> um, to actually fish. I mean these to, things to out win here. big
0: to win <clears throat> to win big to win big, you gotta play big. I mean, that's just with anything. I mean you can't just sit here and show up to a tournament, pay a hundred dollar entry fee, and expect to win a hundred thousand. No. It doesn't,
1: doesn't work that way. <laughs> doesn't work that way. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, we've, I've talked to a lot of the apex anglers out here um, being West coast, you know, and it's, it's, they're very, you know, a lot of them are very excited about it just because it does give them that pro level format here. But it is a question that I've asked a lot of times is that, you know, if you think you're going to be, do you think you'd ever be able to fish here as a professional and stay as a professional and, and by true professional, I mean, someone like yourself who gets paid to fish. And I know that, I've talked to him. I'm bunch working of, on it. Yeah. I'm working, I
0: mean, <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working really hard. I mean, I would love for the Apex to be satisfying enough for my sponsors.
1: Right. And
0: that's, that's what it boils down to. It boils down to the exposure and the level of product that you can sell to your sponsors for them, you know. And I'm literally still working on
1: that. Right. And that's, um, you know, I, and, you, you don't have a crystal ball, but it's one of those things. Do you think that's, you know, achievable in the next five years? Or is that something that, you know, it's, it's, this is... <sighs> The West Coast is so, you know, I mean, you know better than anybody. This, The West Coast is such an anomaly when it comes to bass fishing. Yes, it's a great sport out here. Yes, it is supported somewhat, but it's definitely not supported the same way it is if you get to, oh, I don't know, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, pick, you know, pick a, a southern state or even pick some of the the northeastern states. I mean, it's just not supported as much as it is uh, out there. What do you think we have well, to do? Do you think it comes down to the anglers or do you think it comes down to the sponsors?
0: Bass Angler Magazine
1: is your guide to better bass fishing. Bass Angler is dedicated to helping you catch more and bigger bass no matter what time of year or where you live. This is not your ordinary fishing magazine. Every issue is jam-packed with 30-plus articles from the world's best bass anglers. Bass Angler Magazine is available at BassAnglerMag.com, Tackle Warehouse, Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, Gander Mountain, Walmart, and better tackle shops everywhere. Bass Angler also makes a great gift for any angler. Get Bass Angler today and start catching more bass tomorrow. Visit BassAnglerMag.com or your favorite tackle shop. This is not your ordinary fishing magazine. BassAnglerMag.com
0: It's a combination of both. I mean, we don't get the support from the tournaments from the anglers that those guys get back there. You know, you hold a big bass tournament in california and okay you get 100 120 boats at the most you hold a big bass tournament back in texas you get 1200 boats right and 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 that's where the difference is right there is, is the angler participation and the amount of product that's sold you know
1: yeah I mean, I do know, and that's that's part of that's part of what yeah. I why I usually ask that question is because I think that the West Coast guys really think that you know when we get a 200 boat turner or 100 you know I think Wild West uh, teams like three years ago or something was what like 210 or something like that for the opener, and it was everybody was just like oh my gosh it's such a huge tournament and it's just it's really perspective wise it is because it's the West coast and that's what we get. But do you think we could ever have a tournament where guys just come out and go, yeah, you know, what? we should have five or 600 boats at this tournament. And do you think we'll, we have the we'll waterways to do it? To- yeah.
0: We, we have the waterways to support it, but like you could do it. You could do a, you could do a 300 boat tournament at Shasta, mm-hmm. um, but you could do a 500, 700 boat tournament on the Delta. Um, but if we don't have the support, I mean, the biggest tournament that I can ever remember is, in my multiple years of tournament angling out west it was the 330 boats we had for the viper boat tournament and that was what 20 years ago yep 20 something yeah. years ago
1: that was yeah it was it was it was a day or two um yeah we'll, we'll leave it at that because we're both old <laughs> yeah and that and, and and
0: and the only reason and the only reason we got that is because they did a raffle boat right in the tournament Right. And and that's what got the participation, not the fact is the competitive, you know, the problem that we have and nothing knocking those circuits are, you know, the BBTs and the future pros who don't allow anybody just to fish them. Right. The, you know, because anglers are scared to fish against pros. Right. You know, it's funny that I come back and I fish at home and you guys are just like, Oh well, man, I don't even know why I even signed up because you're here. Like, that's not the attitude to have. I mean, when I was growing up, I had to <laughs> fish against super hammers. People right. don't realize how good Dave Glebe was, how good mm-hmm. D Thomas was, Robert Lee, Bobby Barrick, Mark Tyler, Mark Risk. I mean, the list goes on and on. Aaron Martins, John Murray, let me just start going down the list of right. West Coast Hammers I had to fish against growing up right. now you know, and I didn't have that option to go fish a lower level, and with these lower level events, these guys they, they just don't want to show up and fish against pros, so it hurts the pro the pro tournaments
1: right well the, yeah I mean and in in couple folds, I mean one, they don't have to put up the money to actually feel like they're doing something two, they can call themselves you know know pro you know i don't know whatever they want to call themselves I, yeah. fish on, I fish on the front of the boat so therefore i'm a pro or whatever I, you know you can do whatever you want right. to do that way um i'm just i'm one of those guys that's never bought into that i buy into the fact that if you get if you actually if 90 percent of your or 60 percent or 70 percent of your income comes from fishing you're, you can consider yourself a pro but if it doesn't then you really shouldn't um Well, that's how, yeah, that's, that's
0: how I kind of, when I, you know, I meet so many people, oh yeah, my friend, he's a pro and I go, okay, what does he do to pay his mortgage? And then they tell me, oh, well, he's, he's a lawyer or he's a contractor (laughs) or something. I go, he's not a pro then. And they go, what what do you mean? Well, they go, he fishes and he has a Jersey and he has a boat. And I'm like, that means that he went out and bought his boat. He paid for a Jersey and he put sponsors on it that are giving him a discount on product right and, and they're like well what do you do and I said I fish I literally fish tournaments that's the way I pay my bills and how I you know afford everything that I own right
1: and, and you know and they're they're so I mean I've had this conversation for years with you about these things and it's it's one of those things that you know you come out here and yeah guys do get into that mode of oh well, you know I'm I don't want to fish this tournament because you're in, I mean, I used to hear that all the time when I was fishing one bass, you know, guys didn't even want, they were pissed off because Gary Dobbins would show up or they were pissed off because Dave Rush would show up or they were Gleeby would show up or, you know, like you said, you could just name them down the list. And it's like, for me, it was always quite the opposite. It was like, good. Those guys money spends just as well as mine. If I can, you know, if I can beat those guys, I've actually accomplished something if i can beat the Eastern yeah, I Rose, mean, if i if i can put my name on that you know if my plaque goes up and it's higher than his i've done something in this country you know in this in this this sport this industry i've done something if you're just out there beating guys who are you know whatever your local guys and you're like oh yeah i got 60 plaques on my wall great how many boats were in there 11 14 7 12 great what did you do and why are you right. so you overly proud of it <laughs> you know yeah, i beat, no, I, beat I, Joe I, Smith. I will
0: never I'll never forget uh, my basketball coach my freshman year told me, you know, hey, when you just go play basketball at the park, you find the best guys to play against because that's going to make you better.
1: Of course, that's I mean, that's the whole that's the whole premise of our sport. When you watch guys like Jordan Lee um you know come up I, I i there's a just a ton of them now that I, I have a hard time but when i you know the luke wheeler Lossons, the wheeler yeah daniels all man. these guys when you're watching these guys come up i mean it's like they are out there competing against some of the best in the country not you know oh, their yeah. local, not their local water not the guy who's the best on Barriessa. no no they're, you're competing against guys who are the best in the country, and did they get their teeth kicked in for the first year or two? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely, hundred percent.
0: But Jordan, Jordan, Jordan didn't. Well, yeah, Jordan, <laughs> oh yeah, Jordan.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. Jordan did, no, didn't no, mean no. that one. <laughs>
0: yeah, Jordan, Jordan. We once again, we 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 call him Baby Goat because he's just he's phenomenal.
1: Yeah. But I mean, you look at most everybody. I mean, Austin Wilson out here, a hell of a fisherman went back east and just he just he flat out came on the show and he said the same thing he goes i got my teeth kicked in those guys are good they're real good yeah (laughs) you know and you think about that and we we talk about randy randy pearson
0: yeah i mean randy's super stick out here and he he had a tough season last year
1: yep and it's he probably and he probably will for you know however long he decides to do it or can do it until he figures out how to change I don't even want to say you have to figure out how to change what I've learned about fishing back there is that it's not that different. It's just a different mentality. Um, yeah, I've learned very I, much though. I, so. I learned really quick that it's like, you know, when we get cold weather, we, we drop into 60, 70, 80 feet, 50 feet, 40 feet, 30 feet, whatever it is, we go out and do that. When those guys get bad weather when, you know, you're in Florida, you're in Georgia, you're in Alabama, you're in Tennessee. All of a sudden you're still fishing in three feet of water. <laughs> right. You're still fishing the same water because the fish are still there. They just changed right. their way of eating. Now you've, yeah, you just have to break down exactly. And I, and I've watched so many of, I mean, you're, I've watched you for years on these TV shows, watching, you know, watching the events and going, they're still fishing the same. I mean, you can almost say, Hey, I'm going to put five rods on my boat. And I'm going to have five rods on the deck every tournament, and those five rods will probably be the ones that you pick up. Now, you may pull a six, seven, eighth one out or whatever and make some adjustments or you know, tweak this or tweak that, but it's always seems like it's the same thing. It's that same spinner bait, crankbait, uh, you know, jig, yep. uh, you know, jig, and then you know, maybe you know, maybe a Senko or something and a frog, and then like I said, you know, a little bit of adjustments here and there, but those all jerk baits, you know, those always seem like the same five baits you see everywhere. Everybody goes through every one of these. Events. How, how simple is bass fishing if you really take it to that level? Well, think about, you know, Michael Bennett is a mm-hmm. prime example.
0: Correct. Michael Bennett has won, you know, the forest wood cup. He won multiple tournaments. He would catch them everywhere he goes that dude literally had to borrow tackle to have options. He could put everything he owned in a Ziploc bag and that dude would catch him. And it's funny because Jordan Lee's just like that. That dude does not have a gangload of tackle out there and he sticks with pretty much consistent same stuff. And then you have those guys on tour who all they throw is a chatterbait
1: and they have great careers, right?
0: It's that simple.
1: It's just a matter of how you break down the water more than actually the tackle itself. I mean, let's not, let's not go to, to that extreme by, you know, decimating the tackle industry, but you know, let's uh... no, but, but here's, but here's a prime example of it. So I, I will never, ever forget this. Mm-hmm. We
0: were, it's probably gosh, this is, this is back in 2000. So this is like my second or third year on tour. We're fishing Table Rock. We got a storm delay, and we're up underneath this shed. And this guy, his name, George Cochran, Hmm. asked me to tie on a lure for him because he couldn't see underneath the light. Hmm. Well, when I got his lure, he handed me the box and said, hey, pick out the brown one that's in there, which he didn't have many of them. was an old-school wiggle wart that had rusted hooks on it. He tied it on and the dude went out and finished in the top 10 with that bait. Wow. That's how easy it is when it comes to, it ain't always about the tackles. Mm-hmm. Well, the I mean, the difference now and difference then though, is it, it's, it's about the technology, you know, right. with the side scan, the down scan, the forward view. Now the <laughs> live view, you know, it, it's, it's, Lawrence has basically killed it with the things that they've done along with the other companies. Right. And basically it's going to get to a point where you're going to be able to look on your graph and it's going to tell you the size of the bass and if he's willing to bite or not. <laughs> well, okay.
1: <laughs> Let's hope it gets to there. I mean, I, mean that's, I can really what, use but, that I mean, someday.
0: <laughs> well, you got to think, you got to think about it. What's next. Right. It can already pre it tells you, shows you the structure, gives you a picture perfect view of the tree, where the fish is hanging on the tree and how he's positioned.
1: Oh, I, I keep waiting for Aqua View to 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 get with one of these companies with Lawrence Garmin, whatever you did as, you know, and, and it's like, okay, so now you're gonna have your Aqua View on there and it's gonna show you where there's fish at, and then when you get it, you you, you put the you put it out there and then all of a sudden it turns into a camera. And the camera shows you that right. and it zooms in and out and shows you exactly where the fish are. And you can see down 120 feet and you can see what structure they're sitting on. And it's actually just watch them eat your bait. Exactly. Watch I them mean, eat
0: your bait. Watch your, eat- <laughs> watch them eat your bait. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I guess when we get to that technology, it'll just be like, and why are we fishing anymore?
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It'll be catching, not fishing anymore.
1: I, I had a, you know, I had a conversation. The last episode was with Nick Cloutier and we talked a little bit about the the, um, <laughs> the old Bassmaster classics. I know you're familiar with them, you know, and it's like these guys would show up. They would, it's, it's almost like the formats that a lot of these guys are going to now where they didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know much about, you know, the lakes or the body of water until they got 30,000 feet in the air. And then it was like, okay, here's where we're going. Good luck. By the way, you get 10 pounds of tackle in your tackle box and you get five rods. Could you ever imagine them doing that to you guys now? And how much- I would
0: you, love- i would love but that only reason i would love that is because of my confidence level everybody keeps going oh well you you know you excel well you excel well you excel well because you've got history well i mean i'll use mojave as a prime example in apex you know the first day the first day i was in fifth place on mojave and i've only fished mojave one other time in my entire life so, I didn't have any history on it. Right. But it's my confidence level in the baits that I throw and the decision making that, that make those differences. So, having that format, I would love to have that format. And that's another reason why I'm fishing the Wallace Bass Trail Apex.
1: Okay. Let me tell you, let me ask this because i've always thought this would be an interesting concept is if they had a tournament and when you get to you know you get your you get your ride around you get your run around you know your hour whatever it is after that you got to turn your electronics off how many guys excel after that no longer are you allowed to use your electronics that that
0: goes back to the the bank beaters who you know the best bank beaters
1: right So do you really think that the electronics mostly just help the guys who fish that off offshore stuff? And that's what they, I mean, that's what they're going to base it, you
0: know? No, because I'm not that guy. And and my Lowrance electronics helped me out with a lot of things, you know, from simple as water temperature to water depth, to weather coming in to, you know, the type of bottom that I'm fishing, you know, I could still be in three feet of water, but yet I still know it's a hard, rocky bottom. Right. Or if there's stumps around, you know, um, my forward scan will help me see a bush with if there's fish in that bush or shooting underneath a mat. So, yeah, I mean, electronics helps out for guys who are offshore structure fishermen and the bank beaters like myself.
1: At Ford Fairfield, we'll make your ownership experience simple. Our simple price, simple process is designed to save you time by eliminating the back and forth. That means you'll always get our very best highly competitive offer right up front. No games, no gimmicks. Our goal to provide you with an exceptional experience. Stop by or book your appointment today. Ford Fairfield, simple price, simple process. Okay. Um You know, God, with a bunch of that there, uh, there's a lot in there. Uh, You know, when, when you talk about that, you talk about, um, you know, the different structures and the different things we have, and you have these, you know, these amazing units that can do all that. What is it that you, you know, you focus on wintertime compared to, you know, spring, summer, fall, whatever, what is your number one winter you know structure if you're going to any body of water and you're like you know what if i'm starting on any body of water blind don't even know never been to this lake where where are you going where is ishman row going first
0: rock because rock's going to always hold a little bit more heat and we're talking a half a degree to a degree temperature change could make the difference of getting bit and not getting bit
1: like so, now you're talking like big chunk, big rock, like you know, big giant boulders. Like any you
0: see any it, rock, depending okay. on the lake that you're at. I mean, there's certain places that you know, rock on the Delta is riprap. Rock right. on Clear Lake is lava rock. Rock on Shasta is everywhere, <laughs> pretty <Right>. much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so when you get, and then how does that relate when you get to lakes like, you know, I don't know, Pickawick or you get to lakes back east that are, you know, a little bit, that's all there is, is rock. And that's the where lake. the hard
0: bottom, that's, and that's where your electronics show you the hard bottoms. And those are, the, those are the difference makers. When you find a rock
1: in the middle of grass at a grass bed, that's where right. all the fish are going to be. <clears throat> They're going to stay on those, those. Now, is that rock out there or those, those clam beds? I, you know, it's, it's, i learned a lot when i went back to florida I, I i was my eyes were opened up completely when i got back there because it was like these guys were spending so much time in eight feet of water six feet of water five feet of water and i i'm thinking wow we're fishing you know really shallow and they're sitting in seven eight feet of water going this is this is it this is as deep as the lake gets 10 feet <laughs> you know eight ten right. feet and it's like right. oh Oh, and then that's all they're doing is they're picking apart going, there's a grass patch out here. You got to find that one hard spot in it or you got to find that um, brush pile. You know, we don't have that really. Right. I, I know that we have brush piles out here in the West, but don't, don't get me wrong. But what I was watching do and what we ended up catching. Those fish are technically on illegal. In Florida? No, in California. You cannot oh. plant brush piles. It's illegal. Well, I mean, other than the ones that actually happen, either by nature or by um, when they ha- when they when they have the you know the Christmas tree. Is that is that, where, is that what we're gonna call we're gonna call it by now? Uh, when, <laughs> when nature happens, yeah, yeah, Well, that's what they hey they did yeah. the same thing in Florida. You're not allowed to put brush piles out in Florida because because if you do, you could kill somebody because they know you know everybody has to know the routes and the runs and if you end up putting a brush pile out there and no somebody doesn't know it's there, they run into it and die.
0: Well, I the mean, hurric- the hurricanes
1: transport
0: those trees into the lakes in florida that's we get that we get
1: that in california all of our hurricanes put all these brush piles in there (laughs)
0: Yes. The all Long the ones more. that Clear Lake under, on, on this piling on this dock. Yes, we we you're right. You're right. I forgot about those.
1: Come on, we had snow we had those No, the here. fires.
0: It's the fires. That's what it it's was. The, the trees jumped in Clear Lake because of the fires and they just stayed there because they knew that they wouldn't get burned up by the fires. That's it. I knew there was a yeah, that's the the whole thing.
1: You may have been watching too much Lord of the Rings.
0: I have, I have, I have, I have. I see one of my
1: one of my most favorite movies. Yeah, <laughs> the trees are now speaking and they're jumping in the water because I don't want to get burned. Um, exactly. But when, <laughs> but when you start talking about some of that stuff, you know, these grass because fishing grass here, I, I've, I don't know. It's I feel like when you're fishing grass here in the West or you're you know you pick the Delta, you pick Clear Lake. Those are probably two of our best grass lakes. You know, really in to speak of. Yeah. And you've you know you've done very well on Clear Lake, and I you know it's it's always been. One of those things. It's like when you're fishing that grass, and sometimes it's just this vast patches and vast areas of grass. Where do you start? What do you pick? I mean, other than you know, like you said, the experience you might have had over the years fishing Clear Lake. Yes, that's that's going to come into effect. But what is it that you first start looking at when you, especially in the winter, because Friends. this is like ridiculous, you know, trying to find grass, grass in the winter.
0: Grass transitions.
1: Oh, excuse me.
0: Grass transitions. Okay, Like you're looking from dead grass that's turning into live grass, uh, different types of grass that are actually, you know, you might start off with hydrilla and move to milfoil. Mm -hmm. You know, those are the kind of things. Um, It's just looking at the different types of grass and, and, and starting there is, you know, where there's actually a transition.
1: Okay, so you're just not, you're not really looking for a certain spot in the grass, other than if it's, if you've got a couple coming together, or maybe you're starting, like you said, something going dead and something being alive, still fish that alive stuff, fish the area between it. Um, When you, when you look at that in the wintertime, is it something that, I mean, we talked about, you know, throwing the A-rigs, you you know, you're not throwing A-rigs in the the grass, you're not throwing, I mean, you might throw it down the edge of it, you might throw it, you know, around them um but how do you pick that apart is that where you start flipping a little bit more is that where you're pitching the jigs or you're throwing in some you know i know you No, uh, always, i'm trying always to loved, find it know,
0: react i'm i'm trying to throw a reaction bait a spinner bait a top water you know okay. wintertime it could be a jerk bait to locating the fish and then that's when you slow down
1: and then you start picking it apart um i know you've always been yep. a zoom a zoom brush hog guy you still on those or
0: no no i i stopped using a brush hog about uh eight years ago and i switched to uh missile based destroyer okay it just got a little bit bigger profile i needed something with a little bit just give off a little bit more action and uh just a little bit more water movement and the missile base destroyer does that
1: and it's really just been your your new key go-to kind of thing when it comes yeah to i don't flipping own a out. brush hog
0: i don't i don't even own a brush hog I haven't owned one for about eight years now
1: good well i guess that's i you found something you like. well did you help design this uh actually no
0: uh john cruz designed pretty much all the missile baits
1: okay
0: and you know he's run by me you know some ideas on it but he he's had full control and full design <laughs> and i like it because he's uh very different like he, he he wants to create a bait that's similar. But completely different. Like you saw the craze when the beaver craze happened, is, is everybody right. pretty much knocked the beaver off and made little alterations? I mean, John actually took the bait and changed the design and you know of it to where now people are knocking off the missile baits D bomb.
1: Right. Yeah, definitely. D bomb is uh, one of my favorites to to flip and pitch, especially in the Delta and you know Clear Lake and that sort of thing. So it's it's one that i enjoy <laughs> now as far as like you know taking that and um has there been any of those that has really stood out to you as far as this is a, a must-have in your in your boat or in your bot when you go out fishing anymore i mean besides the d-bomb oh a good you know something good a good finesse bait the guy you know because as much as everybody wants to say they're going to throw nothing but reaction baits, that is, I mean, it takes dedication to do that. I don't care who you are. It takes dedication yeah, but I mean, to say that you're like, going to go out and catch look, five fish when you could catch 30. You said it yourself. I mean, there are days when you're going to go to Shasta you're going to catch 35, 40 fish if you pick up a shaky head and throw a worm on there.
0: But Yeah. I mean, those, you, I mean, a drop shot's that way, you know, mm-hmm. but to me, like I look at like, man, that, that D-bomb is like, it's a jig trailer. It's a Chatterbait trailer. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a Texas rig. It's, it's everything. It is my go-to. I mean, I, it's the only box that I can say that 12 months out of the year lives there besides my hook and my weight box. Right. And my spinnerbait box.
1: Yeah. But
0: that, so the next one had to be a spinnerbait, you know?
1: Right. and, And what's your, what's your spinnerbait of choice?
0: Uh, I started a bling spinnerbait from River to Sea. It's got a little bit light wi- lighter wire. Mm-hmm. It's got a different blade. Uh, their will leaf blade is made out of a different material, so it gives off a lot more vibration and a lot more flash.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's my, that's not to say anything. That is my favorite as well. <laughs> I like probably the only I think awesome. I have maybe other one other but that that has been my go to on everywhere I've fished and I love that blink so good job on that one by the way um, but uh, yeah I mean it's so we've talked about some of the you know the floating flies and you talked the a rigs and that sort of thing jerk baits um, so mostly everything I see except for maybe the spinner bait and I'm guessing you can probably alter that a little bit do you change up from willow to Colorado or something during the winter at all or do you stick with the willows and uh, just yeah. slow it down yeah
0: no I like I like fishing. Uh, we have a bait called, uh, lemonade with a twist, a uh, white mm-hmm. chartreuse skirt with a Colorado red kicker blade and a gold Indiana blade. And it's great for slow rolling. And that's what you got to do with a spinner bait in the wintertime is slow roll it.
1: Are you, are you by, when you talk about slow rolling, are you throwing it out to hit the bottom and do it kind of like an A-rig, you know, where you're taking it, and just keeping it right. You want to feel contact with the bottom yeah. or are you just throwing it out yeah. there and okay
0: yeah you want contact with the bottom but at the same time the blades are turning for the vibrations
1: okay so you do want it down low you do want it to be right down there where the fish are just sitting and hoping you get that bigger bigger reaction bite out of that do you do you find that um wintertime summertime whatever you when you stick to baits like that bigger bait that you actually get bigger bites or do you get um i guess do you still get a lot of smaller fish no you don't okay you're looking for the big bite and that's i mean that's just the way i fish in general right yeah there's no i mean if you're in a tournament why are you looking for a two pounder when you can find a six
0: well because people like to catch fish
1: (laughs) and they let their they let their ego
0: they let their ego get to them about you know weighing in five fish over not weighing in but three or
1: four right is that something, well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a great point is. I I guess the question, the question that I kind of get from that is when you, I I've always, let, let me phrase it this way. I've always said this about tournament fishing. I don't, I don't actually have a plaque on my wall that's under fifth place because I've always had the same kind of mentality that you do. I go out in the swing for the fences. It's like, what else do I got to do? It's just money. I'm going to throw it away anyway. So, um, but is that, does that really become something that you, when you want to go to the nat, that next level, when you want to become that other fisherman, I'm not saying you have to put down the finesse stuff, but I'm saying you want to really go out there and say, Hey, I'm either going to catch five of the best fish, the biggest fish I can. And I, and if I lose, I lose, it doesn't really matter. Or is it something oh. that you just have to put all of that away and say, yeah, I I can only do what I can do. And this is what I'm going to, this is what I'm going to try. Because the mentality from being a professional angler and the mentality from being an angler who fishes as a pro are two separate things I I see so many times. Take the history of
0: tournaments on any body of water. There are a few hand-select bodies of water that finesse plays a big role but the majority of the tournaments and you even go into Shasta and Oroville and lakes like that. And you see that, you know, if you fish a certain way, which is fishing to win, mm-hmm. that's how tournaments are won.
1: Right. <clears throat> if you grab that big bait or you, grab you, the A-rig, I mean, the A-rig is a, a prime example this time of year. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but the, uh, you know, it's one that, can you catch a lot of, can you catch little fish on it? Yes. Do you always catch little fish on it? No. Do you catch a good number of bigger fish on it? I would say that when you're throwing that bait, what you're looking for is the above average fish. You're looking for something and let's take Oroville. You're looking for that three to five pound fish. Yes. Um, and that's, that is one thing I was going to ask you to now that I just brought that up in my head, but I'll, I'll keep it on this for a second. And, you know, when you do fish the A-rig, you fish, like you said, the jerk baits, when you fish the spinner baits, when you fish the, those, those baits are always going to end up getting you a better fish. How hard is it? And I know that you think this way, but how hard is it to try to get that through somebody? Let's say you look, you know, just out of nowhere, you decided to take somebody out fishing, and you're trying to get them to throw that stuff. How hard is it to break that somebody of that habit of just going, but but I'm seeing all these fish. I want to pick my you know shaky head up, or I want to pick my drop shot up and do that. How hard is it to break people of that when they just want to catch fish?
0: Tired of searching through ads to find bass articles in your favorite fishing magazine? Well, we have a solution for that. Introducing Bass Angler Magazine with over 30 articles in every issue filled with tips and techniques to help you catch more fish. Follow the pros as they publish the most up-to-date seasonal methods to catching bigger bass. Whether you're a beginner or a professional angler, make Bass Angler Magazine part of your gear today. Be a part of the fastest-growing bass publication in the nation. Log on to BassAnglerMag.com with code TV and save 20% when you
1: subscribe now.
0: It's hard. It's a stubbornness that I have learned to get. Mm-hmm. You know, I I've, I I I it's hard to change somebody from that, but it's the same thing as it's hard for me to go out and go just fishing to catch those
1: fish like that. Right. So one of the questions that had popped in, and I knew I wanted to ask you this because your, your knowledge on our bodies of water, but your knowledge across the country really come into play on this. When you have lakes like Oroville, Shasta, um, where you don't have a lot of grass, you don't have a lot of cover other than maybe wood, how do you how do you find and locate largemouth on those bodies of water when you're when it's clearly a spot? It's shallow. It's shallow. Yeah. Never just. That's I mean, just way. never, never look for them deep. Just always say nope. Largemouth are always sh- going to be in yep. five feet of water. Yep. That's the easiest way. And it's not that it doesn't really matter about uh, structure or anything like that on these bodies of water. I mean, you're not like going out; you're just like picking the best and structure if you can zero,
0: find. If, if there's zero structure on the lake, then yeah, you have to go out and deep and find structure. Large mouth love structure, but if there's some kind of structure in you
1: know shallow water, the fish are going to be there. Large mouth will be there. Okay. That's a good, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Cause I, it's one of those things that, you know, you always see there's, you know, a few guys, especially now, I mean, recently there's been a lot more of an uptick, I think, in the amount of largemouth to get caught out of Oroville, but, um, but it is one of those things that you look at it, you know, Shasta is another one that there's just so much predominantly spotted, you know, spotted bass um, that you're just looking at lakes like that and going, how are guys finding these largemouth at all? Um, right so yeah that's one of those things um is i guess some of the other really good questions for the winter time and the, you know what we're dealing with right now going into spring when do you start looking for those fish to push up you know for the next level what is it is it like the first sign of the water starting to tick up as far as temperature wise is there something else you're looking for for them to start moving into the spawn i guess
0: from pre spawn for those fish, I, I mean, those fish, there's always fish shallow 12 months out of the year, regardless of how cold it gets. I mean, look at guys who ice fish and catch largemouth ice fishing. Right. I fish for those fish 12 months out of the year, so I don't ever go looking for them at a certain time or temperature because I'm always looking for them from the get-go.
1: No, I mean, I mean the lake in general, like when is a lake, when do the majority of the fish like, okay, this is, you know what, it's time to start spawning um we go from that basically winter time to pre-spawn to spawning yeah but i mean it's the same thing i mean it's just they're always there
0: there's there's fish that are always there like people there's a fall spawn that a lot of people have zero
1: clue about i i've been I've, i've talked to you about it yeah a few times especially on clear lake Yeah, Clear Lake, Delta, places like that
0: where there's a lot of grass. There's a fall spawn. I mean, I've seen them at Berryessa doing it. I've seen them at Don Pedro. I mean, it's just – there's always shallow fish.
1: Now, let me always have to remember – Go ahead.
0: No, I was just saying this is – there's fish that are always deep. There's fish that are always shallow. So the fish deep sometimes bite better in the wintertime than the fish do shallow. So
1: that's why people focus on the deep water bite. Okay. And by now when you talk about things like that, let me let me let break that all the way down. When you're talking shallow, are you talking sub 10, 10 feet of water or are you talking what well, do, what do you consider? Relative
0: to the lake? Shallows relative to the lake that you're fishing. I mean right. shallow at Clear Lake is different than shallow at Shasta. I mean shallow at Shasta is fifteen feet or less. Shallow at Clear Lake is three feet or less.
1: Right. And you're okay. And your contention is that even in this cold weather whatever there's there's going to be fish in three feet of water clearly yes good enough (laughs) that's the good answers um well i mean if you you think about think about the
0: think about the north end of the lake right the deepest part of the north end of the lake is like 12 feet correct unless you go down by you know uh henderson or something like that Mm mm-hmm but if you yeah, mean, so it's just so a matter where of getting are out those there fish, where those fish are gonna where are those fish are gonna go. They're not gonna swim out to the middle of nowhere into six or eight feet of water with nothing out there. They're right. gonna swim to that piling that's in three or four feet of water and they're just gonna sit there, but they're just not always catchable.
1: Yeah. Nope. I mean that's that's true. That's and that's basically what I'm what I'm asking is to break, you know, some of this down for people fishing the winter time. Um you know, if you want to catch more fish, I mean, this is a guy that we're talking to right now who's been extremely successful in his career. This is not somebody that has not done very well. And he's giving you right. just, you know, hey, stay shallow, fish power stuff, catch four fish, five fish, and hope that the five or four or five fish you caught are the biggest that you're going to get. Because um, breaking it down even further, I mean, it's just, there's, it, it still comes down to just keep it simple. Right. I mean, it's, it's yep. just absolutely go out there. And I mean, I remember tournaments where you were, um, you know, fishing, I have watched you fish in two feet of water, rainstorms pouring down, you know, everything else. And it's just, nope, still in two feet of water, three feet of water, five feet of water. And that's where the fish are at on clear Lake, you know, it's, it's they're there. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> So what do you uh, – how do you – how does Ish Monroe uh, looking forward to this, this year? How are you feeling about the current year coming up for the old MLF tour and and uh, are you feeling pretty confident this year?
0: You know, I'm, I'm confident. I mean, my focus isn't really on tournaments. I've got a million projects going on right now and just kind of focus on those things and can't wait to go tuna fishing.
1: yeah. That's so is that one of your yeah. new passions? I mean, I don't want to say new, but I know it's been you've done it for a while, but now is that the whole offshore fishing, the yeah. um fishing the waters, fishing the gulf, fishing that sort of thing, that becomes something this new passion for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's been a passion for a long time. It's just the more I get to do it now is the the funner it gets.
1: Yeah and uh does that uh, you know you're still one of the one of the guys who lives in california stays in california and then travels about is that something that changes in the future if you start pushing more towards that or are you gonna are you leaving well, the, Bas- mean, the whole you-
0: goal every everybody's goal is to retire at some point and right you know and what do you do when you retire you go fishing
1: yeah <laughs> what what um what you know do you find do you think yourself or looking at yourself going forward uh how much longer you think you want to keep doing this as far as being a professional bass angler
0: don't know obviously
1: you're going to be a fisherman
0: don't know don't know how professional i mean how long long to be a professional bass fisherman just really don't know yeah maybe when i don't enjoy it anymore
1: well then it's good to know that you still enjoy it i guess so because you're still doing it yeah So that's, that's always a plus. Um,
0: Fishing a lot of tournaments.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As far as your, um, your focus, you know, now you're, you're, you're with the, you know, you're fishing with the apex and that sort of thing. Ever a chance you back off of the other ones and stay home, stay back here.
0: Don't know. That's a, that's a question (laughs) that I wish I had an answer to.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know you love California, so I mean, I can see that it's. But it is harder and whoa, harder.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't throw me in that it makes a loving California.
1: <laughs> I just don't like. I just
0: don't like any place better than California, oh, other than okay. out of the country. There we go. <laughs>
1: That's the way to put that. So yeah. I, there's. I mean, I hey, I was born and raised here. Who love? Who
0: love? Who loves California? I mean,
1: <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> you know, I used California I think, that we like. You know, it's funny because I think that. You and I both could have had the same answers for that. Probably fifteen years, yeah. ago. fifteen years ago, we would have had the same answers. That have been, you know, oh God, the opportunities here are amazing. The fishing here, the the honey, the, the all the different things are here. I struggle when people ask me that question now. What do you, what you know, what do you love about California? Not sure. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, pretty much. Me I mean, I, on, and
0: honestly, I can tell you when I get asked that question, I go the tuna fishing in Southern California, right? Now, right. do I like Southern California? Mm-hmm. The weather, and tuna fishing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think About I think it? nowadays for us, I mean, especially sportsmen, outdoorsmen, that sort of thing, it comes down to the politics. Just are so hard to swallow. It, it's and yeah. we're we're constantly being beat down on and people may not see it. People, I think, uh, I think Zach Thompson and I've had this conversation before and it's people are not aware of how much they are attacking you because they do it so subtly, small little things. They take away small little bits. They, they chip and they chip and they chip and they chip. And then pretty soon you turn around and you go, I can't do anything.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. But next time you talk to Zach, just, just, just say, you know, I was told to call you Paget Dad. Call it what? Paget Dad. Padgett Dad. Okay. Like, you know, Paget Mom? Paget yeah, Dad. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. And I can give him. I, I, you got to understand, me, Zach, Fred Rambanis, mm-hmm. and a couple other guys, we all grew up together. Yep. We've known each other for three quarters of our lives. And so anytime I can harass Zach, you know, we, used, Zach used to be the name, we used to call him the mayor of Frank's track. I mean, oh, yeah. we, we've got multiple, everybody's got their nicknames. Oh, I, I interviewed mm-hmm. Romanus
1: and he said the same thing. He was like, yep, the mayor. And then Zach threw it out himself. He's like, yeah, they just keep calling me the mayor of, of Frank's track. So, and he's you know, oh, he still lives and dies out I
0: there. A, well, I, I always remind Zach that I have this t-shirt and it is a very awesome t-shirt that he's 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 in a compromising position i can only say and wearing something compromising and it just says the mayor
1: oh and i still have that
0: t-shirt oh yeah it's i'm definitely going to bring that one out um i wanted to bring it out at this wedding but cath would have killed me so i didn't do that but i'm definitely saving that for the appropriate time and that one might pop up at an apex event or something like that and definitely you know payback for all the years
1: <laughs> man i hope i can be with that event when that pops out and have the pictures of that one that'd be great um i might have to just text you i might just have to text absolutely. you a picture of the, the t-shirt <laughs> Yeah, I'll keep it. I'll keep it on the download. It's, it's. Yeah. Yeah. No.
0: No. No. You definitely. I'll, I'll wait to him he.
1: and. Yeah, text it to me. Yeah, I... I'll make sure he sees. I'll make. I'll make sure Cass sees that. Oh no, 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 no. that, now that one, that one, that one
0: might get him divorced because she was just, she'll question.
1: Too many, too many questions in there. Huh? Oh yeah, exactly. That. That's awesome. So okay, Ish. Well, hey man, it's uh, it's it's pushing on to our hour now. We're gonna we're gonna yep. give you that time, get you back out there. I know you got a lot of things on your plate, man. I, I really appreciate you taking the time, stepping up, coming up here and talking to us here on the BAM pod. Um guys, if you haven't followed this guy in a, you know, there are people out there that don't know who you are, which is unfortunate because you are one of the definitely um true. A great ambassadors for this sport, man. You, you've always had a passion for it. You always love it, and you speak very highly of this uh, in general. So, um, if you're not out there and paying attention to this guy, watch him. You got anything out there you want people to focus on at all besides your tuna trips? I
0: mean, you can go. You can go. You can go find me on Instagram. Okay. I mean, Ish Monroe, professional angler. Same thing on Facebook. Um, Fish for Ish on Twitter for the people that still use Twitter, um, and. Just, that's about it. Catch me at water. Catch me on the water. I'm at Fisherman's Warehouse a lot. That's a great place to find me for if you want info. You know, I'm always around, and you can get a lot of info from me. You know, just hanging out there.
1: All right, well, Ish. Congratulations on all your success over the years, man. I've I've been i fished against you for years, and I really uh, I think you're one of the best guys out there on the water. I um, appreciate it yeah i you know i want to say uh, thanks for coming on tonight and good luck this year uh with all your different you know with all your with the apex with the mlf all that stuff love watching you out there love seeing you guys you know love seeing you do this stuff so guys uh we're gonna sign off right now and we will uh we will talk to you on the next one we'll see who's coming up after this one so tune back into the Vampod pod and i'm big it signing off have a good night